This is Cameron Harold, the founder of the COO Alliance. If you want to learn how to level up and be successful through masterminds, then you should listen to my good friend, Brandon Straza, with The Mastermind Effect. You love to learn, grow, and improve yourself, but you're still not where you want to be? The right mastermind can be the ultimate secret weapon when it comes to personal development, but trying to find the one that's built for you isn't always easy. Welcome to The Mastermind Effect, the one and only show that focuses on helping you cut through the noise, invest in yourself, and move past your natural limits. This is everything you need to know about masterminds, brought to you by your host, Brandon Straza. Hey, everyone. Today, we've got the founder of COO Alliance, Cameron Harold. He explains that it's not about being the smartest person in the classroom. It's the people that you surround yourself that become your most powerful tool. Cameron lets us know that it's less about who you want to learn from and more about what you want to learn in order to reverse engineer your who. And Cameron lets us know about an app called Commit23, C-O-M-M-I-T-T-O, the number three, that will hold you accountable to your daily actions and results. Check it out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show where you know I believe the only way to unlock your potential is to tap into the experience of others. And today, to help us do this, we have got the founder of COO Alliance, Cameron Harold. Cameron, welcome to the show, man. Hey, Brandon. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Super stoked. I've read your books. I've had people talking to me about you and what you've built, you know, over the last, you know, several decades, but I found out more about you in the last few years and just very grateful to have you on here. When the listeners realize all the value that you're bringing and they want to enter your world, learn more from you, or just reach out to you, where's the best place through social or personally that they could message you? Sure. Well, the Cameron Herald website, so CameronHerald.com and it's H-E-R-O-L-D. And then the COO Alliance website as well. And then all five of my books are available on Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. And then I also have a second in command podcast as well, which really we never interview the CEO. We want the rest of the story. So we only interview the COO. Yeah, this the second in command. And I highly recommend I've gone through two of the books and amazing. Uh free PR and double double. Oh, nice. But I really recommend going out there. All of this will be in the show notes, how to connect or reach out through his websites or whatever it is and where those books are at. So I really recommend diving into this. We have some amazing guests, but when I'm saying Cameron Harold is, you know, we were unbelievably stoked to have his value and what he's done. Check him out and definitely listen. So let's, uh, let's jump into this. You know, our ability to have access to different people it's, it's really changed over the last five, 10 years. Uh, when you and I were younger, it was textbooks and teachers and family and friends and the coworkers around us, but that's a sliver of what's possible. How has your learning changed from your early years versus today? Yeah, I'm actually going to go back to the early years because my dad taught me, my, my father was an entrepreneur and he groomed the three kids, my brother and sister and I, to all be entrepreneurs. We've all run our own companies for between 15 and 25 years. And both my grandparents were entrepreneurs as well, both sets. So I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family. And one thing I learned from my father and my grandfather was it's not being the smartest person in the classroom because they weren't the smartest people. They were very well connected. And my dad brought me to the golf club when I was 16 years old, a private club that we were a member at. And he showed me all the guys coming in to play golf at 12 o'clock. And he showed me they were entrepreneurs. And he also said they like hanging out with each other because they get to hang out and talk shop while they get to play golf. And that lesson never really stuck until I was a little bit older. 
But I realized that him putting me into that private club environment allowed me to be around other successful people. In fact, it was kind of my first mastermind. And then from there, I went on and I got involved in a franchise organization. I was a franchisee of a company when I was 21 years old. And I got a franchise of a company called College Pro Painters. And that's really when I was around another network of like-minded individuals. It was kind of a mastermind because I could learn from all those other franchisees. And that's where I really cut my teeth. Fast forward to today, um, I don't know if you know all this about me, but I've been a member. I started with an organization called EO, which is the Entrepreneurs Organization back in 1995. So 25, 26 years ago, I joined a, my first mastermind group, was in the Entrepreneurs Organization for five years. And Brian, who is the CEO of a company called The Rubbish Boys, he and I met as a in the Entrepreneurs Organization in a forum together. I ended up becoming Brian's second-in-command, and we built what we then called 1-800-GOT-JUNK. So I actually met him in a mastermind group 26 years ago. Um, so I've worked with EO in 26 countries on six continents. I've worked with YPO, the Young Presidents Organization, in 12 countries, physically, like in their cities doing speaking events. I've been a member of Strategic Coach for seven years over the last 18 years. I've been a member of them seven years. I just rejoined for my sixth or seventh year with the Genius Network. I've been into five mastermind talks events, three baby bathwater events, two warm room events. God, I hope I'm not missing some. A couple of GoBundance events. I've been one of Steve Sims speakeasies. Like I've been in the mastermind world for a long time. And where I first got really exposed to the value of it, I was having dinner in 2008 with a guy named Evan Pagan. And I didn't know who Evan was. And Evan and I were both having just the two of us eating these fish tacos at the James Beach Cafe in Santa Monica. And we were sitting talking. He said, where are you investing? And I was like, I gave him my stock strategy and some of my you know, investing strategies with some options. And I said, how about you? And he said, I invest in relationships. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, I figured if I put 250,000 into the market and I get the returns you've been getting 12 to 14%, my 250 this year would be, you know, 280 next year. But if I invest $250,000 in relationships, I'll come out with $2 million. So he, he exposed me. I'm not kidding. Evan Pagan exposed me to the multiplier of investing in a mastermind community and a relationship. And that really opened my eyes up, which is why I then started getting involved in so many. And I keep track of the ideas that I generate, the business um, deals that I put together, the clients that I meet from each of the events that I go to. And then lastly, I started the only network of its kind in the world, or really the only mastermind of its kind in the world for the second in command. And that's the COO Alliance. And it's because there were so many mastermind communities for entrepreneurs, but there was no one for their person who was actually growing the business for them. So that's wow. a bit of my backstory. And, and and that's an amazing backstory. So if anyone doesn't know, I mean, the thing, the the masterminds and the organizations he's that that, that Cameron's listing off, EO, Baby Bathwater, uh, War Room, uh, uh, Joe Polish's um, Genius Network. I mean, Steve Sims, um, Speakeasy. When you compile the amount of experiences in that room and the amount of business connections, investing in yourself, because I say the best investment in your life, it's great to be in the stock market and the housing market, but you can't control those two. Only one that you can control is yourself. And so the ROI and what, what you're telling you know, the listeners and myself is invest in yourself because it comes back tenfold. Well, and that was actually the other story I forgot to mention about my dad. The other thing he told me when I was 16 was you'll never be smart enough to figure this out on your own. And he said, your R&D should stand for rip off and duplicate. He said, some of the most brilliant people and the brilliant companies on the planet are already doing the best things. 
just figure out who they are and do what they're doing. So now I don't have to be the smartest kid in the room, which we had to be. When I went to university, you had to memorize everything because God forbid you had to go to the library and that one book was checked out, you were screwed. We didn't have Google. So now you don't need to know the information. You just need to know where to find it or know who knows it. You know, Dan Sullivan and Ben Hardy, who I'm friends with both of them, because I'm in two different mastermind groups where I met them both, started, wrote a book called Who Not How, and it's all about that connection effect, right? So... I just reached over and I've got, uh, I was just finishing one of uh, one of Ben Hardy's books. I've got your two over there. Not to reach over and, and reach that, but so I uh, someone just sent that to me and I was going through personality isn't permanent. And what a quality read with some actionable things in there. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's been a real a, a kind of a game changer for me and that I can, and each group is very, very different. Plus, you know, I've also done paid speaking events now in 26 countries for over 700 groups. And most of those tend to be mastermind groups for their niche. You know, I've spoken at uh, MDRT twice. I've spoken at Top of the Table once. Like I've been involved in some of these other either masterminds or communities for, for you know, an, an organization of just um, electricians. You know, I spoke at an organization years ago called the American Society of Association Executives, which is basically a mastermind group for executive directors of trade associations. Like who knew, right? Yeah, amazing. And I, I can say there there are paid masterminds, there are free masterminds. I mean, one of the masterminds that I'm in is called Thursday Night Boardroom. It's a free one. Now you 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 have to be invited and you have to find your way in there. But because of that, I had a phone call a week ago Wednesday. It says, hey, um, we can get a lot more accomplished if you hop on a plane. By Friday, I hop on a plane. And by Saturday night, I'm home and have a new partnership solely because of my connections and network in the mastermind that they can get me further ahead faster, more efficiently because they've they've been there. I don't have to go searching for, I don't got to go to Wikipedia on someone that I don't have access to, masterminds. And we also don't necessarily know who to, who to turn to. So we don't have to, again, we don't have to know. We just have to know the people that know. I'm also constantly leveraging social media where, you know, so many people are on social media giving, giving or selling, selling. And, and we forgot about being social, like just connecting and hanging out. So I'll do a couple things where if somebody asks a question, I'll often do a Loom video as my response where I'll give them a video response because I can give more back to them. But I also post stuff quite frequently where I post a question and I'll start with, you know, ask, does anybody know who blah, blah, blah? Because I'll just kind of take the wisdom of the crowd and, and often I all get pointed in the right direction. Yeah, amazing. I love that. And I mean, information, it's so readily available and it's almost to where it can be confusing to go all, to all the platforms, LinkedIn, YouTube, I mean, Google you, whatever you want to call it. There's a lot of ways to take in information. Some people learn from an accountability buddy, a mastermind, an online course, overabundance of information. Who are you currently learning from and how did you connect with them? Well, it's, it's basically what am I trying to learn as well versus who. So I don't actually start with the who can I learn from. I start, what do I want to be working on this year or this quarter and then I try to reverse engineer my learning to help me on that. So as an example, I just launched my course. I've been working on it for a decade. I finally put it out the door. It's called Invest in Your Leaders. It's the, the best 12 modules around growing a leadership team and managers. So now I'm working with people on how do I do the marketing for that? How do I set up the affiliate programs for that? Who should I reach out to? So I'm starting to learn from people that have done courses. And I had Jeff Walker, you know, who launched Product Launch Formula. He spoke to my COO Alliance last month. No coincidence, I wanted to learn from Jeff, so I got him to speak to my group. Um, and I learned what parts of his model I like and what parts I don't want. And so I'm, 
I'm always trying to learn about the stuff that I'm working on right now or coming up next month versus who am I learning from. So I, I learn from lots. It's more, what am I trying to figure out? You know, right now I'm trying to move off the grid or not off the grid, but move illegally outside of the US and Canada for tax purposes. I left Canada for tax purposes seven years ago. This year I'll leave the US for tax purposes. So I'll set up my company in one country. I'll personally live in another and I'll legally be off the grid tax wise from both countries. As a Canadian, they don't follow you on worldwide income. So I'm spending time now learning from people around becoming more of a digital nomad with kids, right? So that's what my learning is about that versus a who. And uh, kind of on a side note, what country are you thinking about? You know, I hear, I think a lot of here, Puerto Rico seems to be a super popular place. It's popular for Americans because it's the only place you can actually get off the grid legally. But but you have to stay there for six months. So I can actually go to Barbados for one day a year or Portugal for one day a year and be legally off the grid and get my total taxes down to, to about the same or less than Puerto Rico. Wow. So because Barbados, so there's, again, it's, you know, it's, it's, there's lots of information, but the key is what's my question. So my question is as a Canadian, where should I set up my company? Where should I set myself up personally so that I'm, I'm legal and I also want the least number of days. So Dubai is a good option. I have to go there twice a year for 24 hour period and I'm legal resident of Dubai. And I may set up my company in, in um, Ireland, which has a very low to zero personal corporate tax and has a tax treaty with Canada that might be my, do you know what I mean? So that's what I'm trying to learn. And so I don't know those answers, nor can I figure it out on, on, on Facebook, but I can turn to my community and say, this is my question, who are the experts? And then I can talk to them, pay them, network with them, et cetera. Brilliant. I mean, that if, if we left everything right there, that's just a wealth of knowledge that you just bestowed on why you should get into masterminds. And I mean, I think sometimes people, we get stuck in our own head. It's like, you can't see the picture through the frame. We're still going through some form of a pandemic, but to me, it's still causing a reset in how we can accomplish things. How have masterminds helped you? And you've talked about this a little bit, but how have masterminds helped you or others that you've seen when they're looking to get unstuck and utilize the power of the overall mastermind group? You know, I, I turned to I turned to my network from the Genius Network, which is one that I've been really deeply entrenched in for years now, and asked them about my COO alliance because I needed to, I hate the word pivot, I needed to make some changes to the business model because I couldn't run all in-person events anymore. So I turned to some of those members for some ideas and some um, some marketing ideas and, and some stuff with copy. And I've turned to them for ideas on SEO. I've turned like my network is so deep that I can turn to, you know, the guy who invented the squeeze page and get ideas on my landing page. You know, I, Russell Brunson and I have sat beside each other at a number of events as attendees. You know, Russell's in a mastermind. Jeff Walker was sitting beside me as an attendee. So, so when I'm putting myself into those communities, you know, I go to the main, I've gone to the main TED conference for nine years. So if I have a question about stuff, my network has started to get very, very deep, right? The harder part for me is remembering who I met, right? So, so what I try to do is in my contacts, when I add them to my contacts in the notes section, I put the word mentor and then what they're good at. So that in a year or two or three years, when I remember, I type in, you know, mentor SEO and four names pop up. I'm like, oh shit, I forgot that I met Dylan Jones, the, the guy who wrote ClickFunnels. Not like Russin's the front man, Dylan built it, you know? Yeah. 
I can call him too, right? I got two of the three founders of, of ClickFunnels that I'm now friends with. Yeah, absolutely. Another one, I don't, I mean, not trying to say, but MindMeister is how I've actually been able to, and I can access it on my phone. It'll do What's an that? org chart. MindMeister, it's just, it's an app. You can also use a PC based, but it'll tree branch out like how they were connected, who referred them, and you can make notes inside of that, and then you can search through it, but it's called MindMeister. Wow, that's cool too. I will take a look. I make notes also on my cell phone, but when I'm looking at like, hey, how many degrees of separation was this person from Cameron and how I was connected to him, it just draws the tree branch back for me. That's interesting. I like that a lot. Yeah, because what I don't like is my, um, because I've become a thought leader and because I've become a known expert, a lot of my social media profiles, you know, I'll, I'll come off a stage and I'll have, you know, 200 people will add me on Facebook. So I don't really know a lot of the people that I'm connected to on Facebook. I need to know my real connections though. Yeah, that's the best way that I've done it, accessible on your cell phone, but I do all the, the typing inside of the PC because it's just easier to go that route. But I like that. Super easy search feature. So masterminds, they've been around for a while to say the least. Probably the first one was the apostles, not to get religion in, into this, but probably it was something around that. And then Benjamin Franklin creates the Junto Club or the Leather Apron Club. And then eventually Napoleon Hill writes a book. And I believe we've actually interviewed the person that's got the longest running mastermind. It's called the Yes Mastermind on here. Uh, Pat Carney. I don't know. Pat the Artiste, if you've ever heard of him. No. As, as there continues to be a huge boom in self-education, coaching, masterminds, mentorship, where do you see the parallels going between standard education, college, university, and self-education, coaching, mentorship, and masterminds? Where do you see the parallels moving forward? Standard education for, for the 95, 90% or 85% of the people will be gone. It won't even, I don't even think it'll exist in 20 years, maybe 15 years, for, because it's vastly overpriced. It's vastly become a business. It's not become education. Um, too many kids are, are wasting four years coming out with massive debt and, and a lot of theory and no experience. I think there'll be more of a, um, a learn on your own model that companies give credo to where they say, you know, if you've done some of these online courses, if you've traveled to some of these countries, if you've done a certain number of, of um, apprenticeships, we'll accept that as, as equal to a Bachelor of Commerce. And congratulations for not being an idiot and having $200,000 in debt. Like Google has already said that they actually don't look for university degrees. So I don't, I, I won't, I wouldn't hire an MBA if their life depended on it, because I think they've spent two more time trying to get important. I think they now look impotent. So I think a lot of the online learning is going to be more powerful than the traditional. Again, if you think about why was the online education or the, the traditional education system so needed, I graduated from university in 1988. I had no type, I had no computer. I only had a typewriter. I got my first computer the next year. So no one in university had a type or a computer. I typed all my essays on a freaking typewriter. You had to go to the library to pull out a book. There was no internet. So you had to be the smartest person in the room because there was no other way to access the information quickly. But now fast forward, you know, 32 years later, you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. You have to be the one who can access it quickly. You know, so you have to collaborate, find information, problem solve, but you don't have to memorize stuff. There's no point on memorizing this. So I think we're going to jump right over that problem where I think, well, two of my, I'll tell you, I've got two boys that are 17 and 19 and neither one of them want to go to university. I'm like, I don't fucking care if you go, but one of them wants to do Billy Jean's marketing course online. He's already come to two genius network events with me. He's already um, selling stuff online and make, making money off that. He's doing a little flip business listens to Gary Vee's content. I'm like, I'd rather him do that and start his own business and go apprentice somewhere than waste time sitting in a classroom. 
Yeah, you want a quarter billion dollars in debt, or I'm sorry, a quarter million dollars in debt. Now I get it. If you want to be a doctor, nurse, and engineer, like I kind of want you having that piece and of that, paper. That's why I mean the 85%. If you're in this traditional architect, whatever, you might have to go to university, but the other 85% that are graduating with an arts degree or a liberal arts degree or a commerce degree, pointless, completely pointless. Yeah, I've got a four-year degree in finance, and at the end of the day, give me four years, but did I really need that? Probably not so much with what I do and who I've surrounded myself with. Like I can learn from their exact experiences. And if I don't know, I can go outsource it because they'll tell me who to go use. Well, and you can also find that information and, and, and learn it faster. Like my son, who's 17, just graduated from high school six months before all of his peers, because prior to COVID, he decided to do his last year online. So he decided this before COVID hit that he was going to do this grade 12 year online and he graduated last month. So he's finished school and none of his friends graduate till June. And he's like, I did like, he just did his, um, was it economics? Mm-hmm. We did an entrepreneurship class was his last class. And he did it in three and a half weeks. Yeah. In- instead of being spread out over six months, he did it in three and a half weeks. It was eight hours a day, cranked through it, learned a ton, had fun, met other kids and moved on. Yeah. So he looks like he's got the genius network already right there because he's ahead of the curve on that. That's, I love that. I've got a six-year-old and looking forward to, I mean, he talks about starting his own business and how he wants to help people. And, you know, I think that we instill that at a young age in the children that if we allow them to see the businesses around us, I think it's super helpful. Typically when um, people invest in themselves, they have a better than vague idea of, of what the outcome is going to be. What should people expect when they enter Cameron's reality and work with the CEO Alliance? So, well, it depends. So to, to qualify to be a member of the COO Alliance, companies have to do at least 5 million or greater in revenues. So we put a bar in place. So they have a real business, real operating parts. Um, my youngest member is around 26. The oldest is 62. Smallest company is 5 million. The biggest is about 1.2 billion. Um, we've got members from nine countries. I've got 45% of the members are women, 55% are men. So we're kind of a, a pretty broad, broad spectrum. A lot of our members, coincidentally, their CEO is a member of mastermind groups. So their CEO is a member of YPO or their CEO is a member of War Room, et cetera. So that's been interesting where I've seen the value that, you know, their CEO already sees the value of masterminding and, um, you know, they realize that they can actually learn from that too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's helpful when someone that, you know, if you're, if you're moving the needle at the job, but the person that is the CEO, whatever the C-suite level job is, gets it. That, you know, they don't get to that level without getting it. You didn't fall into 5 million or above or 1.2 billion on your highest spectrum. Correct. Yeah. You know, if you wouldn't mind sharing a success story of someone that went through, a, a, the CEO that went through your mastermind, your coaching, and what was the outcome? If you're able to use specifics, great. If not, but what was the outcome by someone going through completing and because they worked with you, the outcome was X? Yeah, I'll give you an interesting one. And I don't want to make it about me. I want to make it more about the community and each other. So it was a discussion I had with them, but it was the value of the CO Alliance. So he was a COO of a company, I think in his fifth year there, a real company, like 80 employees, you know, good size, maybe 18, 20 million in revenue, a few million in profit, real business, real management team. And he said, you know, I feel like a fraud. 
And I'm like, what do you mean you feel like a fraud? He goes, I don't know what I'm doing as a CEO. He goes, I wake up every day and this is the biggest thing I've ever done. I'm like, yeah, but that's true of all of us. You know, all of us wake up every day wondering how we're figuring this whole thing out. And we realize we're all just kind of 16 year olds trapped in adult bodies. And I, I said to him, I'm pretty sure that everyone in the room, like all the other members of the CEO Alliance probably feel the same thing. So, so I went into the room and I said, do you mind if I ask a question? He said, yeah, go ahead. So I didn't say who he was, but I said, hey, one of the members in the room asked me at lunch, you know, said they might feel like a bit of a fraud. I'm just curious of, of all of you who here feels like a fraud, you know, during the week that they don't really know what they're doing. Every hand went up and you could see him just start to relax and laugh. And I'm like, doesn't that make us all feel pretty comfortable? And they all cracked up laughing, realizing, wow, we're all kind of the same. So the value wasn't what I'd intended it to be, but it actually had them settle in a little bit to the fact that you know, they had the confidence that maybe they could do this because nobody else knew what they were doing either. And that was almost an unexpected reality from that mastermind community that we're all just kind of walking each other home, right? Yeah. And that's, I think more people would sit there and, and say, well, wait, how can this amazing accomplished individual have some form of fear that they aren't able to to, to do what they do. And they're, and they're running anywhere from a 5 million to a, a, a billion dollar organization. How is it that they can have that, that, that being uncomfortable, not have that security blanket around them? Do you know that, do you know that Bill Gates' biggest fear is dying broke? Wow. Um, that uh, Richard Branson is terrified of standing on stage and doing a speaking event. He would rather sit down and do a fireside chat. You know, all of us, all of us as adults, I still think are kind of these 16-year-olds trapped in an adult body, right? We all have our own fears and insecurities and doubts and and then our strengths and our confidences as well. But I think something comes out of that masterminding type community where you realize you have a peer group, um, you have others you can turn to for emotional support, for confidence, for ideas, for experience, share, uh, for a kick in the ass sometimes, you know, it's valuable. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <sighs> On the solo shows, we talk about success and what does it take to be successful and, and the definition of success. You know, a few things, mentorship, experimentation, partnership, willingness to fail. And on the flip side, willingness to define success. So many of us don't define success because once we do, we've in essence defi defined failure. What do you feel is a key attribute to the people that you're working with, you surround yourself with in being successful? It's funny that, that you mentioned willing to fail. Um, Brian, the founder of 1-800-GOT-JUNK, his book that came out a year ago is called WTF, Willing to Fail. And it's a great read, um, but it talks a lot about the fact that if you're so worried about being successful, you won't actually launch. You know, you won't actually give it a try. And I think sometimes that perfectionism and procrastination can actually hurt you with success. For me, success is the fact that I feel like I'm already there that anything else I achieve after this is like bonus. So I'm not actually trying to, you know, I'm, I've, I have bigger goals and I push for something more and I have a vivid vision that describes my company three years in the future. And like, I have these things that I work towards, but I don't feel like when I get there, I'll be successful. I feel like I'm already successful. I think the key is to think about if you're only going to be successful when you get to your goal, it's kind of like looking at the horizon and feeling I'll be successful when I get to the horizon. Well, you can't catch the horizon, it keeps moving forward, it keeps moving on you. So you need to look in the rearview mirror and see how far you've just come. You know, I, I've, I look back now and go, wow, I've written five books, that's pretty successful. And I've done, you know, paid speaking events on six continents in 26 countries. That's pretty successful. And I've built three companies. And, you know, I built a company on Oprah, and like, I've got all these check marks. 
So I kind of already feel successful. And then I just feel happy that I get to wake up every day working in a way that I like to make money. Um, but I don't, I don't form my success based on stuff anymore or a goal. Yeah. I think when we, when we sit there and I've done this myself in my younger years, I put a number out there. I said, when I hit, when my company hits this number, when we hit this metric, I'm going to feel successful. I'm going to feel differently. And at the end of the day, when we hit it faster than we had projected, nothing changed. And it, it's how we define our success. What is it along the way? It's like, and I kept looking at that horizon. Fortunately, I've, I've changed my viewpoint, but it's it's looking at the body of work that happens along the way and the, the amount of lives and people that you can affect and impact and work with. That can be a form of success. How much more time you get to spend with your, your sons or I get to spend with my son, that can be a form of success. And you'll miss those points if you're looking always forward. It is. And that, that time is such a powerful thing, right? The free time. And my, I'm watching my girlfriend do it right now. She's decoupling herself from stuff, you know, because she knows that success is about the freedom, the freedom to be able to travel, feel, be able to do what you want, when you want, not having debt that you have to worry about. And, um, and there's something that's pretty amazing about, you know, that as well. Yeah, absolutely. As I've got a few more questions as we get closer to the end here. I feel that when times are good, it's easy to prosper. When the winds just come in a little bit easier. But I think ingenuity and creativity come when we feel the squeeze. And certain people around the planet are still feeling the squeeze. What are you working on right now? And you might have already alluded to it a little bit, but what are you working on right now that's going to take place over the next 12 months that excites you? Well, getting off the grid is one because I'm excited about being able to live globally and explore the world and run my business from different parts of the world and, and have my kids explore that kind of stuff too. So that's one. I'm really excited about my course that I launched, this Invest in Your Leaders course, because I'm just seeing already some early successes, companies really loving it, companies signing up, 7, 12 people on it. So that's been really interesting to watch that that grow. And then for sure, the CO Alliance. I mean, we just really have hit something right now where we're just signing some really good members every single month and our members are renewing as well. So it's a really interesting stage to be at to see if we can actually build this into, you know, my goal is to have 250 members by the end of this year. Um, and we're on track for that right now. So we'll see how we, how we wrap the year up, but to really push hard to have a really strong, good base where people look at us and go, wow, you guys are a really strong, strong base. Cause I think we, if we build that strong base, we could build something pretty cool three years after that. Yeah, that's that's the interesting thing. I like what you said right there. And the base or your foundation helps you build that the kingdom, the castle, or just that organization around it and what it can do. We sometimes try to skip again to the end, not the horizon thing, but having a strong foundation allows you to to play at a different level, I've got to imagine, and, yeah. and being able to move the needle. So, all right, last one for you. What's a tip a tactic, an actual item that if anyone listening to this were to implement it over the next 30, 60, 90 days would see a real impact on their personal or business life? You know, I'll give you one and it ties back to, you mentioned Napoleon Hill in his book, Think and Grow Rich. He, he mentioned a system in there about Charles Schwab and Ivy Lee of this, I think they called it the half dozen or the top five. And at the end of the day, you make a list of the top five things you're going to do tomorrow and, and start working on that list. There's an app out there called Commit to Three. I think it costs like four bucks or three bucks a year. So just buy the darn app. It doesn't tie in with anything. It integrates with nothing. And all you do is with an accountability partner, a spouse, a friend, a business partner, someone in a mastermind, each of you or multiple, three, four, 10 of you set your top three goals of what you're going to get done tomorrow. And then based on the top three things you're going to do tomorrow, at the end of the day, you check off whether you got them done or not. That's it. 
And the simple productivity of working on three impactful things a day multiplied by 250 business days a year means you're actually going to get 750 impactful things done in a 12-month period. Most people won't do it. They'll wake up tomorrow. They'll be stuck in social media. They'll be stuck in email. They'll be stuck in Slack. They'll be busy being busy. But that app has been a huge tool. I actually mentioned it in um, one of my books that I co-authored with Hal Elrod. We wrote The Miracle Morning for Entrepreneurs together. And in that book, I mentioned the app Commit to Three as well. And again, would you mind, because I was typing out poorly over here, but uh, would you mind uh, listing the name of that app one more time? Sure. It's Commit to Three. So C-O-M-M-I-T-T, and then T-O, and then the number three, Commit to Three. Wow. The simplest things in life are the things that we either A, don't do, or we don't see right in front of us. And to me, why wouldn't you? No matter what industry, what job, even if, you know, if you're a stay-at-home parent, commit to three. Because the way that you'll walk away at the end of the year, even if it's weekly, monthly, and you're measuring it from that aspect, you're looking at what you're actually accomplishing. Most people miss the obvious because they're looking for something else. You know, it's like, I forget what that old story is, but the guy who's drowning and he says, you know, I'm waiting for God to save me. And three rowboats come by and he goes, no, I'm waiting for God to save me. And, you know, when he drowns and he's up in heaven, God's like, dude, and he's like, I was waiting for you to save me. He goes, I sent three freaking rowboats. Like, what the hell were you thinking, right? We're not looking for what's right in front of us. Cameron, I, yeah, it's, wow. It's so true. Sometimes the simplest thing, we need to take it from a child's perspective because they're seeing the world differently. It's why I don't like MBAs. I have a bias against MBAs because their solutions are often more complicated than they need to be. You know, sometimes the very simple solution, the real elegant solution, like the nine word email will actually move your business forward. Yeah. I was just on a call with uh, Nick Peterson the other day who's been on the podcast and it's, yeah, they were talking about the nine word email and going through specific examples and then just how much more impactful and effective it was. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a great way to, uh, to leave it right there. We have got the founder of COO Alliance, Cameron Harold. Cameron, I appreciate your time and, and the wisdom and the, uh, you know, just the golden nuggets that you left with us today. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks, Brian. Appreciate all the time. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to The Mastermind Effect, your secret weapon for personal development. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to experiencing The Mastermind Effect.